0: a hard worker is hard to find but the man in today's story was not just a hard worker he gave a hundred percent to everything he did sadly though all of his effort was pointed toward the wrong things but what would happen if he strived toward what really matters let's find out together hello friends welcome to the unshackled audio drama podcast where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory bringing to you the story of a man who worked for everything he had, but still lacked the free gift of eternal life. We'll explore how he discovered the truth and how you can too, on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because later, we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The classic story of Don Koble.
1: Would you stop nagging me for one second, Jackie? I'm trying to study.
2: That's all you ever do, Don. When you're not away in some war mission, you have your nose in a book. What about your family?
1: Hey, you're a captain's wife? I've always been very clear with you. Work comes first, family second.
2: I'm desperate, Don. I need help with the kids. I can't do this alone.
1: You're not alone. I'm working to support you. Do you think all that money comes out of nowhere?
2: Money isn't everything.
1: It sure helps. Listen. I'm sorry you're blue. Why don't you take the kids out to eat and then go shopping, get a new hairdo. That ought to cheer you up.
2: But, Don...
1: I want you looking good for next week's military ball. Come on, enough talking. Let me study.
2: Oh, fine. Goodbye, Don. Dear God, I'm at the end of my rope. I hate to leave the kids like this, but I hate my life so badly. I know this knife is a messy way to do it, but it can't be more painful than living with that man.
0: The man in our story began his life as a normal, happy child. He had a stable home with good role models and plenty of room to play once the hard work was done. When tragedy struck, though, he forgot about what he was working for. You'll learn about that and more as we bring you the classic true story of Don Coble right now on unshackled.
1: Growing up in the forties as the youngest of 12 children on a small Missouri farm, I never worried about being alone. My family didn't have a lot of money, but we made up for it in love. But of all the people in my house, I loved my father the most. Don. D- did you ever hear the saying, give a man
3: a fish and he'll be hungry the next day? Teach him how to fish and he'll never go hungry again.
2: Oh, oh I think I caught something, Dad. Oh, I can feel it tugging on the line.
3: a boy, Don. Reel it in.
1: Oh, this fish is barely the size of a minnow. So much for lunch.
3: Ah, you're doing great. It's your first time out and you already caught something. Now don't tell your brothers and sisters, but you're the first one to snag a fish on the first try. Really? Yes, really. You're a chip off the old block. And the more you try, the more you'll get back. Oh, I want to catch a big one. You will someday, as long as you keep trying. Read some fishing magazines and wake up early in the morning. It's like I always say, never give anything less than 100%.
1: My dad taught me more than just fishing. He taught me how to hunt, how to do chores around the farm, and, most importantly, the difference between right and wrong. But his teachings didn't prepare me for what happened after I turned 13.
2: Dad? Dad? Dad! Oh, no! Will! What's happening? Uh, Sit down.
3: My, my chest.
2: Don, uh, call an ambulance. Uh, uh, Will, can you hear me? What's wrong with Dad? Call an ambulance, Don. Your father is having a heart attack. Oh, no.
1: When my father died, I became like a boat without a paddle. Sure, I still had my mother and my older siblings, but without my father's direction and guidance, I felt lost. I transformed from a happy child into a rebellious teenager, angry and seeking revenge on the world that took my father away. I joined a gang and excelled at making homemade liquor and beating the living daylights out of our rivals. When my dad told me to give everything 100%, making trouble wasn't what he had in mind.
0: All right, everybody, out on the field.
1: Is that all of them? Yeah, now's our chance. This jerk didn't even lock up his stuff. Oh, I'm taking his wallet. (laughs) This is so easy, it's almost insulting. This guy's a switchblade in his bag, and some cigarettes. I wonder what else these football jocks have that we can steal. (laughs) These shoes aren't my size, but I bet I can sell them. Shh, quiet! Uh Uh-oh,
3: let's get out of here. Hey, you two! Stop
0: running, or you'll be in bigger trouble! Is there a problem, sir? We're just and you're getting ready for football practice.
3: Oh yeah? A janitor called. Said he saw two boys break into the locker room and start rooting through everyone's stuff. Mr. Campbell? Why was he looking in here? Yeah, what a creep. Nah, he's just doing his job. You boys are the ones in the wrong. What do you get out of this? A couple of bucks? If you keep heading in this direction, you'll end up in jail. You have a better suggestion? Yeah. Why don't you go into the service? They'll knock some sense into you.
1: That cop gave us a good piece of advice, and I took it. On my first day in military training, I realized he knew what he was talking about. I might have been big for my age, but I couldn't compare to the sergeant in charge of me. I didn't take that fact seriously enough when he gave me an order.
3: Are you bored, Cobble?
1: To be honest, a little bit. Yeah, Sarge. You're bored.
3: Three minutes ago, I told you to clean up the common room. Now, get busy.
1: Okay, okay. In a minute.
3: Cobble, when I tell you to get busy, I mean now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That huge hulking sergeant knocked me flat to the ground and pressed his boot down on my chest. I had no choice but to lay there, looking up at that mountain of a man.
3: Coble, I know your daddy's dead, but around here, I'm your daddy. When I speak, you better jump. Got that? Yes, sir. Now get up and move. The motto of the infantry is be active, so no more standing around looking bored. Understand?
1: The sergeant's methods weren't exactly by the book, but they worked. I graduated from the military academy with honors and moved on to the cavalry. Meanwhile. Things started getting serious with Jackie, a very nice and attractive girl I dated while in training. To be honest, I didn't know her very well as a person, and I wasn't even sure that I loved her. All my thought and focus went into my studies and training, but I knew I wanted the kind of life my father had, and having a wife was part of that. When I asked her to marry me, she accepted. Like most young brides, she was full of hope, which blinded her to everything else.
2: Honey, I agree that it's best to start our new life in Texas.
1: You mean you want to get away from the bad reputation I have at home.
2: (laughs) I didn't mean that. Anyway, everyone knows you're a changed man. Ah, I am? Of course. All that hard drinking and getting into trouble. It's all in the past.
1: I, I hope so. But things won't be perfect, you know. I hear it's not easy to be an army wife.
2: I've heard. I know I'll be lonely when you're away, but we can write letters.
1: I just want you to know what you're getting into. The Army comes first, no matter what.
2: Of course, Don. You take your responsibilities seriously. I wouldn't expect anything less.
1: Soon after getting married, I received a call to change my station to Fort Polk, Louisiana. Jackie didn't like that much. Every time I turned around, they put me on alert. My hard work paid off, though. By 1960, the Army sent me to Fort Wainwright, Alaska, where I rose up in the ranks to first lieutenant. In Alaska, temperatures could sink to 60 below. The temperature at home wasn't much warmer. Jackie was getting fed up with a husband who always had time for work and for getting drunk with his associates, but never seemed to have time for her. My home became a battlefield, so I took the first chance I could to get away.
2: Are you out of your mind? You volunteered to fight in the Vietnam War?
1: Sure did. Promotion comes faster to men with combat experience.
2: I don't even know what to say. I know there's no chance of talking you out of going. I just hope you'll get to come back.
1: In Vietnam, close to Laos, I came under fire for the first time. The bullets didn't hit me. Not then or later. That made me a lucky one. Rival troops shot and killed one of our officers as soon as we arrived at the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Within three months, we'd lost over 30 men.
3: Lieutenant, did you get a response back from Fort Benning?
1: Yes, I have good friends there. I told them about our situation, that we need a serious change in our tactics.
3: We can't afford to lose any more troops. You're a brave man volunteering for this mission, Kobel. Crazy, but brave.
1: The new tactics from Fort Benning reduced our casualty rate significantly. That solved one problem, but I had another problem to worry about, thousands of miles away, ticking like a time bomb. Folks, we'll get back to Don's
0: story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of well supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's UnshackledPodcast. And then click the donate button or you can always write a check unshackled. We take checks You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street Chicago, Illinois 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry and now back to the classic story of Don Koble.
2: Dear Don Not much has happened since my last letter Anchorage isn't nearly as exciting as Vietnam. I suppose that's a good thing. Still, I haven't had a letter from you in some time, and I miss you terribly. I I realize, of course,
1: course, that that war doesn't doesn't leave much peaceful peaceful time time for for writing. writing. I hope that's what causes the empty spaces between your letters, and not a lack of interest. I'd better write back and remind her that she's a captain's wife. Maybe I should send her some of the money I'm making. That should impress her. Oh, who am I kidding? The way things are going with our marriage, nothing will make her happy. Miraculously, I made it home. Jackie gave birth to our first son, Michael. That didn't fix our relationship, though. All communication had broken down. All she knew about me was that I worked all day and got drunk all night. She'd also started going to church, but I didn't like that much. I thought, why would any god have taken a great man like my father away? By the time we had our second son, I'd matured a bit and cut down on my drinking. Even so, I couldn't bring myself to be a supportive father. I immersed myself in my studies, but I didn't teach my sons how to hunt or fish or do any of the things my dad taught me. I supported them financially, but... They were growing up without knowing me at all, as a person. After working on the battlefield, I had nothing left to give emotionally. That took a heavy toll on Jackie.
2: I'm desperate, Don. I need help with the kids. I can't do this alone.
1: You're not alone. I'm working to support you. Do you think all that money comes out of nowhere?
2: Money isn't everything.
1: It sure helps. Listen, I'm sorry you're blue. Why don't you take the kids out to eat and then go shopping, get a new hairdo? That ought to cheer you up.
2: But Don...
1: I want you looking good for next week's military ball. Come on, enough talking. Let me study.
2: Oh, fine. Goodbye, Don. (laughs) Dear God, I'm at the end of my rope. I hate to leave the kids like this, but I hate my life so badly. I know this knife is a messy way to do it, but it can't be more painful than living with that man. Lord, if you're real, you've got to do something. If you don't, I'm going to end my life. You won't believe what happened next. It was as though the Lord took a bucket of cold water and dumped it on my head. In that moment, I knew without a doubt that he was real. Shortly after that, Don left for his second tour of duty in Vietnam. While he was gone, I began praying for him. I knew now that I needed to trust in the Lord to change Don the way he wanted him to be changed.
1: The second tour in Vietnam proved more deadly than the first. We lost as many men as the enemy. We fought hard and drank even harder. But some did a lot more than drink. I noticed more and more soldiers took speed and painkillers to take the edge off of extended combat. This made them lose touch with the horrors of reality.
0: Sir, did you hear what happened to the chaplain?
1: I swear I had nothing to do with it. What happened? He drove his jeep over a landmine blew him to pieces. He's dead? Are you sure? You seem pretty out of it. I'm not hallucinating, sir. He was a great man. I tried to
0: warn him to stay away, but I'm sorry.
1: Jackie wrote to me every day, telling me about her newfound faith in Jesus and how she'd been praying. I didn't want to hear it, especially after hearing what happened to the chaplain. I thought, if this man got killed, a godly man who was on fire for Christ, And what's the use in having faith? When that tour finally ended, I couldn't get a good night's sleep for three months. Meanwhile, I learned that my wife had changed into a seemingly new person.
2: Dear, don't worry if we're not home when you come back this evening. I'm taking the boys to church.
1: On a weekday? You're really getting obsessed with this Jesus stuff.
2: You may be right. Is that such a bad thing? I just wonder what's come over you. Don't worry about it, dear. It's for the best.
1: My wife stopped arguing and fighting with me like she used to. She remained completely peaceful, even when it came to my drinking.
2: Here's something that might help, Don.
1: I don't think anything could help this monster hangover. Oh, except maybe a new head.
2: I brought you a glass of orange juice and some aspirin. Oh, and don't worry about the boys. They're down the street playing with the neighbor children.
1: Why, thank you, Jackie. That's, That's very kind of you. Later, I heard her calling some of her friends and asking them to pray for me. I couldn't understand the change in her. Well, one Sunday, my curiosity got the best of me. I had to find out more about this whole church thing that my wife was so obsessed with.
2: More pancakes, dear?
1: Mm. these are delicious, hon. But I can't eat anymore. We don't want to be late for church.
2: You're coming with us? <laughs> I pray this day would come.
3: People of the world try to find all kinds of reasons for their problems.
2: You're going to love Pastor Nelson. He speaks straight to your heart.
3: They blame others and find excuses to hate things they don't understand. The real trouble in our lives is sin. Even though everyone is a sinner, no one wants to admit it. So we put up false fronts and try to hide who we are. These false acts might fool other people, but God is not fooled. The Bible says, the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For the man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So how could God ever accept us? The answer is Jesus. The Lord knows that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why God sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to live on earth and face all the temptations of the world. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the penalty for all of our sins, yours and mine, so that we can have eternal life with him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved.
1: After the sermon, I ran out to the car, leaving a trail of cigarette smoke behind me. The following Friday, I got smashed at the bar. The next Sunday, though, I drove with my family back to that little church. Again, the old preacher hit me where I lived. At the end of the service, I went forward, crying. How can I help you, brother? Uh, I want to be saved. Are you ready to trust in the Lord 100%? 100%? That's what my dad always taught me. He said, never give less than 100%. That's how I want it to be with Jesus. And that's how it should be.
3: Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding.
1: Within two weeks, I'd lost all desire for liquor. I'd become a new man, which means that Jackie and I had a beautiful new marriage. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. (laughs) I could finally be the husband she deserved and the father our sons deserved. The Lord led us into the wonderful new experience of his power and grace, teaching us everything we needed to know, just like a good father should do.
0: Don Coble received Jesus Christ as his Savior in 1971 and went on to serve as an evangelical pastor all around the United States and Canada. He then took a pastorate in Anchorage, Alaska, where he served a church for five years. While in Alaska, he traveled with the Billy Graham team for a gathering of evangelists from around the world. He and his wife retired in Arizona in 2002 but continued to serve the Lord by starting a church in their retirement community. Don went to be with the Lord in January of 2018. Before his salvation, Don had the appearance of a successful life, a respected position in the military, means, and a beautiful family. But the Lord saw what was in his heart. When Don asked Jesus to fill that void, he could finally be the man his family needed. Listening friend, you can know the truth that sets you free when you repent of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your heart and life. God knows your heart, but you have to take the step of faith by praying to Him for salvation. Let us know if you desire to receive the Lord, and we'll send you some literature to help you in this crucial decision. The address, Pacific Garden Mission. 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at org, or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for this sweepstakes contest is another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is Psalm 34, 1, which says, I will bless the Lord at all times. This is a gorgeous little thing, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or log and cut in such a way as to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. And this one's even got some (laughs) extra character, as it looks like a knot from the tree was sawn off with it. If you'd like a peek at this Scripture plaque, you're welcome to visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. And next time... I
2: can't believe you finally brought me here, Carlos.
3: Well, anniversary dinners are supposed to be special,
2: right? And expensive. Look at this menu.
3: I remember someone telling me once that we can splurge every now and then. You're right. Life was
0: pretty good for Corinne Bohannon until her entire life was shattered just because she went for a walk. Someone help me. My legs, I can't move them. She experienced a freak accident that left her disabled in a wheelchair. She tried to make sense of it all with shouts of, why me?
2: I thought I could put some of these dishes away, but it's harder to do this from a wheelchair than I thought.
3: That's okay, I'll take care of it. No need to cry over dishes.
2: I'm crying because I can't even do the simplest things anymore.
0: Would she find her way through the heartbreak to live again? You want to hear her true story? The true story of Corinne Bohannon, all on the next Unshackled. Heard in the classic true story of Don Koble were Steve Bayorgian, Cheryl Gilemo, Dave Kappas, Charlie Bobo, and Jim Poole. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Jim Poole. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn script Jack O'Dell and Chrissy Spallone. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.